IBM Cloud podcast, coming to you every show with information about new capabilities and releases. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the IBM Cloud podcast. We are hosts from the offerings team here at IBM Cloud. My name is Ian Lynch. And this is Steve Shokat. And today we have as our guest, Rithika Gunner. Now, Rithika is the vice president of Watson AI and data offering management. And important to put in here, she's also my boss. So welcome, Rithika. <laughs> Thanks, Steve. What a nice note. And uh, we, 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 won't, we won't make a big deal of that. <laughs> there you go. There you go. So I'm, I'm going to start off. So, so one of the things that's really important to a lot of uh, cloud clients is uh, their data. And I remember that Jenny at the World Economic Forum, I looked this up, and she said that data is a key competitive advantage for businesses and that there seems to be more risks, so more companies need to be transparent about how they do data. Uh, in fact, she even said it at, at Dreamforce. I, I like this quote. She says, your data is yours, not mine to give away. If it's artificial intelligence, you own the insights and you own the algorithms. So what, what does this mean in terms of the cloud? I mean, why is that important? Well, I mean, if you think about it, and I think what, what Jenny meant through that, through, through that quote is that your IP, your intelligence is actually rooted in the data that you have. And there are a couple of elements in, in, in terms of why this is so important. The first is most organizations don't even know what data they have around or the value that it carries. And this is the importance of driving AI on the data. But second, you know, as you derive more value from data, um, using artificial intelligence, machine learning, and other techniques, you want to make sure that whatever insights that you have are your own. Because at the end of the day, that is your competitive advantage. You're going to leapfrog your competition um, by being able to take advantage of all the corpus of data that you have. Plus, think about it, all the, the, the external data that's out there. And as you derive those insights, as you derive value from that, and as you start to build an advantage on either your business model, how you operate, you want that to be your own. You don't want to share your secret sauce, your IP with your competitors. So that, that's, that's really why transparency, I think, is, is so important or that responsibility of the data being your own. And I think what, what Jenny means when she talks about your data is yours and not mine to give away. But that's all well and good, Riddick, okay? But what happens when that comes down to your business model, right? What if solely your business is based around data and how you use it and the insights that you're deriving from it? Let's take Facebook, for example, right? They were in the news recently. They had issues with, regarding their policies, how they're using and leveraging the data that probably you and I are using on Facebook today. So what, what does that mean in the whole context of how we're using it? Does that mean that these type of businesses who are relying heavily on data are all going to close down? We can't there's so many complaints coming along as well and there's so much heat about the data and what we're doing with it what's going to happen what does it all mean well if you look at facebook and like who their users are versus who their clients are and what their business model is even facebook themselves keeps their algorithms on their understanding of their users um, and their algorithms and, and insights on their business model to their to themselves, right? So um, they're sustaining a competitive advantage by leveraging the consumers that are and users of the Facebook platform um, and understanding patterns on 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 their likes or dislikes or what someone would be attracted to versus not attracted to in terms of um, in terms of different products, etc. And based on 
on, on their secret sauce, their algorithms, they have a sustainable competitive advantage in a business model that's derived from whether it be advertising ads or whether it be um, additional kind of capabilities that they're providing their end users. So in a sense, even though Facebook actually leverages their own clients' data to be able to um, mine insights from and make recommendations, they're keeping themselves um, their algorithms and their insights as part of their business advantage as well. So they're, again, we're pulling this all back into the data. It's about, okay, so we're taking the example here of Facebook, maybe a bad example, right? But they're leveraging the data in their way. But we all have to make this data secure, right? So what are we doing around the realm of making the, make sure that, besides the compliance issues, all right? So we have to say that it needs to be XYZ compliant or like in Europe with GDPR. But beyond that, what, what, what are we offering, I guess, as a company, as IBM? What are we doing to make sure that as we pull in these data sets and we're leveraging this data, what are we doing to make sure it's all secure? Well, there are many layers of security, right, um, that, that we have within um, within what we do within our own artificial intelligence usage, within how we treat data and how we leverage that data in, in, in the public cloud from the point of access of that data, um, the point of, of, of being able to stream that data in motion and being able to make sure that we have the highest encryption standards, making sure as data um, is actually in the cloud that it is isolated or encrypted and um, and, and, and treated in such a way that meets the standards that, quite honestly, most businesses don't even have on their on-premise um, environments. Mm -hmm. You know, at every point and step of, of time, there is security in place in and around the data and the insights from the point of access to how we stream it to where we land it and how we actually use that data um, in the applications that, that we derive value from. Um, so you, you can kind of think of it as a layer cake, um, if you will, from a data perspective in terms of what you do at the foundation when that data is at rest, when you're actually trying to connect to it, to then what it means to actually have that data encrypted while you are moving it, while you are processing it, and the resulting insights from that as well being something that is um, secure in nature as well. But my understanding will be then that right, we can't be the only cloud provider that's handling data in this way. It has to be kind of, it's a given. If you're going to be a cloud provider, this is what you have to do. And I guess it's the major other cloud providers handling their data in the same way? Well, it definitely differs, right? Um, we have a policy um, from our IBM cloud perspective and from a Watson perspective um, that automatically um, allows users to be able to, or our, our, our enterprise clients, to be able to keep their data and their insights their own. Um, and this is something that we very conscientiously put forward because we believe that not just the data um, that you train your algorithms on, but the resulting insights are really important to kind of to, for, for enterprises to have as their own. A lot of other competitors in this space um, actually have a initial opt-in policy, which means that your data can be used in a way to be able to train their general algorithms. And in doing so, you can also benefit other competitors or your own competitors as well. Um, this is something that we don't take um, lightly from an IBM perspective and, and other cloud providers um, don't have that, I would say, as a default policy. Um, now, we're starting to see a little bit more of them moving around to your data is your data. Um, and 
that's because, you know, when you look at the world in applying AI to real business and real enterprise problems, we within IBM believe that it is absolutely critical um, to make sure that um, enterprise data is not used to train, um, you know, to, to be able to train algorithms that might be used for competitive purposes. And, you know, it's interesting, Rithika, that most people don't think about it, but if you go and get an application from an app store or you use something online, to, like, say, to do a search and it's free, you know, I think I heard someone say that if you don't pay for it, you're the product. And most people That's don't right. realize, you know, and you, we talked about one of them, but the reality is I don't know how many apps I put on my phone that that are free that... Um, I didn't really think about, but you know, that company has to make money and they're not going to make money from selling it to me for nothing. Well, that was the example that I think Ian was talking about on Facebook, right? And Facebook, you are the product. Um, and it's a very similar model to kind of what you're talking about there, right? And, and ours, um, our value of what we provide our clients is to be able to get value from that data. And therefore that has to be their own and their own insights. Yeah, and it certainly sounds to me like the addition of artificial intelligence makes that data responsibility even more important. I mean, you know, first you had kind of data, and then you had the analytics that kind of said, okay, yeah, this is what we're seeing. But now I think artificial intelligence, and you can tell me whether it's wrong, but it seems like it it even heightens that need even more. Well, you know, um, the with, with and, and, you know, artificial intelligence has been around for a while. I think with the um, coming of um, the ability to have like deep neural networks and applied AI at scale, we're seeing it become more profound to where we really believe it will affect every industry in every profession, um, you know, in the next in the next few years, not even a decade, but in the next few years. And when you take a look at why data um, and especially the advent of AI have um, a lot more of a, a focus on data transparency and efficacy um, and and just understanding where 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 AI comes from. It's it's actually a pretty it's 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 pretty obvious, right? I mean, if you think about it, um, analytics and even artificial intelligence and machine learning have to date, to date, been very isolated to um, the data science, um, to, 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 to people within the data science realm and people who are kind of isolated to a particular part of the business. And these data scientists, they came out with their algorithms, they kind of tested a few hypotheses and answered a couple questions, and, and that was it. As AI becomes extremely prevalent in almost every application, it becomes even more important to know how those models were built, what data it has been trained on. Do you understand, um, I would say, the, the trustworthiness of the types of artificial intelligence that you're putting into your production environment? Is it biased because of the data that you have trained it on? And so transparency and, um, and efficacy becomes a huge important topic because it's not only important that your data is your data and your insights are your insights, but you better make sure that the type of AI that you're putting um, into your applications and into your enterprise environments um, is, is, is not biased or as it is, you're actually, um, you're actually um, changing it to, to be less biased and that you are constantly being able to um, prove and show that the bias does not exist and that there is transparency in how those models 
have been trained and deployed for those public environment for those for those production environments. So what I'm hearing, it, it, there's a specific correlation between how we're handling data or data and AI specifically and machine learning. So as that moves and progresses forward, right, it's going to continue to grow and evolve. And it's not going away anytime any soon. We're all going to agree on that. So my assumption is going to be then that this is only going to be the start of how we're actually handling data. The types of what we've heard with Facebook and GDPR. I'm going to keep on talking about GDPR because I'm in Europe. And if I don't, all my European counterparts will be like, hey, why didn't you talk about GDPR and data responsibility? So I've got to get that little little punch in there. But yeah, so going back to it, right, this, this has to be really at the start of everything in terms of how we're potentially going to set up more things like GDPR and compliance or uncertain data responsibility and the way we handle that, right? Yeah, I mean, you know, I think of, well, if you think of GDPR, GDPR aims primarily to give control to citizens and to residents over their personal data and to really simplify that environment in terms of what it means to unify some of the regulations around their data. Very similarly, if you think about what is really important for enterprises, enterprises need their own GDPR. Organizations need their own GDPR that gives um, you know, large enterprises and, 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 well, all enterprises and all organizations the ability to have control on their data and to be able to manage that in a way that is their own. So, you know, I think of it as the the enterprise organizational GDPR is really kind of what we're talking about in terms of you want transparency of where your data comes from, you want the ability to do what you need to with those insights, and you want to make sure that the insights that you derive are your own. So, so there's definitely a relation there, relationship there where one is primarily for the citizens and the residents, and you need that same kind of control for organizations and enterprises. So I've got one more maybe wild and wacky question that related to what you're saying. <laughs> Do you think that potentially one day that AI can get ahead of the data and know how to actually handle it and know how to make this data responsible? Oh, yeah. I mean, I definitely think so. I mean, you think it's a wacky question, but, um, you know, I, I think that um, there are a lot of techniques that we're developing even within our own research labs um, to be able to handle the data responsibility pieces a lot more. I mean, think about um, the ability to be able to detect bias that exists um, within any model that, 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 that you have because of the data that has been used to be able to train that model. Uh, the, the ability to even mitigate that while you're in production environments um, to be able to, to do that. The ability to be able to understand at every step when when AI is developed, what data has been used to be able to train that, um, all of these actually play into um, what it means to handle data responsibility. And I think that there are already techniques that exist, and I think we're only going to see more um, over the next decade. I really think that this is, you know, the coming of time for for AI. It is it is kind of the thing for our our, our, our era um, that is really going to transform and shape industries and professions. And therefore, this notion of data responsibility is actually something that we are going to see skyrocket um, in, in, in the next years. So we're going to need AI for AI. Well, Steve, <laughs> you joke about that, but that is absolutely what we see today, even in our own technologies, right? I mean, AI itself needs to apply AI for you to be able to get the exponential value. And we're starting to see that with 
um, things like using AI to even be able to surface up what algorithms you should start with based on the data that you have or what models you should start with. Um, we have that in the ability to be able to run like thousands of different experiments at one time and tell you which one would be the best for you to drive. So AI for AI at all at all steps of the process of what it means to actually infuse AI into the enterprise is, is already here, I would say. I love it. I love it. And in fact, I love that you mentioned AI bias twice because um, it was a topic I listened to from a researcher at Think in March. And interestingly enough, the topic really had never hit my mind. And so I'm glad that you brought that up. Yeah, well, I think um, AI bias, as I mentioned, bias, efficacy, transparency, um, these, these are all related in a sense but I think become very real as we take something that was isolated to one part of the business and as we make it extremely prevalent um, into how line of businesses operate, um, having, ha having um, detection of the bias, transparency, and, and how AI is introduced into the enterprise and having the ability to be able to, um, to, 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 be able to um, actually see um, how how AI is being introduced is, is a really important thing in the enterprise. So if I'm listening to this and I'm thinking, going, okay, these guys are kind of right. Maybe I'm not handling my data in the way I should be. Where can I go in IBM to tell me what I should and shouldn't do with my data? Well, actually, on um, we have a, a good a good piece of work on on our IBM site around um, data ethics and responsibility. I think that would be a place. Um, to be able to talk, to, to be able to start. And um, there is a policy that we have posted, data responsibility at IBM. It was actually posted, I think, late last year. Um, it kind of gives a core set of principles for kind of what you need to think about and our own IBM set of principles for trust and transparency, which we think is important. So I think that would be a great place to kind of get started and really understand what we really think about and what we within IBM are also doing about that. Good deal. Yeah, it makes total sense. But every time now, I think, Ritika, that I download, as Steve says, one of those free apps and it says, hey, click here for the terms and conditions. Do you accept? I think I'm going to think twice about how these guys are actually going to actually use my data. But um, Absolutely. And now you can still go take a look at all your apps, Ian, and now... Now determine which ones you want to delete right after this podcast. <laughs> yeah, but it's also those terms and conditions. It's like, do I really want to read 36 pages or do I want my free app? So it's kind of, you know, it's, it's a, a hard one. To, it is. It's a hard one to choose. Um, Ritika, thank you so much for being on the show today. As I said, you've put a lot of thought and somewhat doubt in my head of some definitely free apps and definitely how I'm going to think about how companies use response, well, use their data responsible. Um, so, yeah, thanks for coming on, keeping us entertained and keeping us definitely informed. Thank you, guys. And guys, for myself and Steve, thanks for joining in. See you next time on the IBM Cloud Podcast.